Hello, Father's House family. My name is Michael Collier, and it is my privilege to share a devotion with you today. Thank you to all of you joining us on Facebook and YouTube, live or later than live, as well as to those who listen later than live on our podcast. How many of us have attended a funeral and experienced the feeling of being hit by the realization or reminder that we really ought to savor the time that we have with our family and friends and to show appreciation for our loved ones, letting them know how much we love them and how grateful we are for them. And it's not just funerals, I suppose. It could be a wedding celebration reminding us of just how special it is to share moments of joy with those closest to us. And we ought to cherish these moments and not wait for the next wedding to see our loved ones again. But then we get busy with our lives, furiously working for the Lord and our bosses at 100 miles an hour without time to breathe or take stock of our lives and those around us. And then it's our child's birthday and we say, oh my word, you're growing so fast. How did this happen? You're four already. Can time just stand still so I can soak it all in? But then we forget and our lives get busy again and it's our child's 34th birthday and our grandchild is turning four and we say, can time just stand still so we can soak it all in? And we're caught in a tension of wanting to continuously move forward and achieve the next landmark or milestone whilst wanting to be present in the moment and not have it pass us by in the busyness of life. And I wonder whether there is merit and guidance from Scripture in us taking stock, in setting aside time to remember, to look back in order to move forward. I'm not saying that we should get caught up in the past, stuck remembering the glory days of yesteryear as though the best is behind us. Nor am I saying that we should get stuck on our past hurt, remaining stuck in a place in our life at the point of a previous injury. But I wonder whether we can, following guidance from Scripture, take the time to step back from the busyness and of life and remind ourselves of the goodness of God. I wonder whether we can, following the unforced rhythms of grace introduced by Jesus, wondering whether we can take the time to soak up precious and timeless moments with those we love, and with the Lord as well, and allow that to inform the way we move forward. Perhaps we're so caught up in busy lives, running from one task to the next, and one thing to do to another, that we're missing the lives we're supposed to be living. I mean, we're doing things, it just seems that we're only doing them, we're not living them. How often do we catch ourselves saying, how is it Friday again? It was just Friday, and now it's Friday again. I think God's patterns of rest and rhythms in Scripture were designed to help us live our lives, not just do our lives. Scripture says there is life and life in all its fullness, and then there is toil and anxious striving. God desires for us to live life and life in all its fullness. So what guidance does Scripture give us in taking a step back, in taking stock of slowing down to remember the Lord, to be present with those around us and to trust God rather than trust in the efforts of our own hands. Famously, Scripture says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. 
This was God's way of reintroducing the seventh day rest in creation to the people of Israel who, who would then share it with the rest of the world. God instructed them to remember the Sabbath because in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, six days they were to labor and do all their work, but the seventh day was a Sabbath to the Lord. The reasoning God gave the Israelites was to remind them that it is the Lord who is their true provider and not to get caught up toiling and striving anxiously to get what God has graciously already given. The wisdom of God to the people of Israel was to take time out to take stock of the true source of their provision. They were encouraged to stop and remember the goodness of God and rest in his provision. While for God, in, uh, while for God the six days of labor ended with rest, for mankind... God's gift was that we started our labor from rest. Everything was already created. Everything was already good. And the Lord gave a second reason for observing the Sabbath. The Lord reminded the people of Israel that they were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord their God brought them up out of that hand with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord their God commanded them to observe the Sabbath day. The wisdom of God here to the people of Israel was to take time out to take stock of the true source of their salvation, that the Lord their God is their deliverance and redeemer. So they should stop to remember the goodness of God and rest in his salvation. This rest that God was offering to Israel, but which they rejected, was ultimately fulfilled in Jesus, who called himself the Lord of the Sabbath and told us that the Sabbath was not, that man was not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for man and invited all of us to come to him wearied and burdened, and he would give us true rest. After Jesus cried out, it is finished, he rested in the complete work he had done. And on the first day of the new work, week, rather, he stood resurrected into newness of life. We now get to observe this Sabbath rest, and now not just a day of the week, but a permanent condition of our soul, with Jesus as the Lord and source of our salvation and with God as our creator and our true source of our, of our provision. This rest will be ultimately fulfilled one day when Jesus comes in the fullness of his kingdom. But for now, Jesus is inviting us to live as though his kingdom has come on earth as it is in heaven. So what are some practical tools we can apply to help us learn scriptures rhythms of rest and experience the fullness of life that Jesus is inviting us into. Firstly, we should remember to say grace. How many of us say grace before a meal? I'm sure many of us do, but I'm sure many of us, like me, go through some ritual routine because we've always done it. But saying grace is actually our way of giving thanks and acknowledging God as our provider. It's a simple act with profound meaning and consequence. It is, in effect, taking the Sabbath. It is taking time out to acknowledge that the Lord is the true source of our provision, giving thanks to Him for it, and thus cultivating within us gratitude for all He has done. And when we develop this gratitude that comes from remembering the Lord, 
It'll inform our actions moving forward. And secondly, we should remember to say amen. I remember growing up in the Anglican church and when the priest served us communion, he or she would say, this bread and wine symbolizes the body and blood body and blood of Christ given in love for you. And the appropriate response was to say, Amen. Amen is most often translated as, so be it. Saying Amen after receiving communion was a confirmation of the priest's blessing and the meaning of taking of the bread and drinking of the cup. It was a remembrance of Christ's great sacrifice for our salvation. Saying amen was a reminder to ourselves of the goodness of God in the forgiveness of and freedom from our sins. When we take communion and when we say amen, we are saying thank you to God for the grace of his son, Jesus Christ. It too is in effect taking the Sabbath. It is taking time out to acknowledge that God is the true source of our salvation, giving thanks to him for it and thus cultivating within us gratitude as we remember the Lord. As we head into this Christmas season, it is a time to remember the goodness of God in a child born and a son given. The true jubilee of the Lord has begun, the year of the Lord's favor proclaimed in Jesus. Let us take time to take stock of the goodness of God. Let us remind ourselves of God our provider and God our salvation. And allow that to develop within us gratitude that will inform the way we move forward. Let us take time out for the things that truly matter. Let us add rest to our rhythm and gratitude to our routine. As we look back on the year that has passed, may it inform the way we move forward. Jesus did not come to give his life and overcome the grave for us only to enslave ourselves to that which he has already set us free from. We do not want to continue living lives of toil and anxious striving. Instead, Jesus is inviting us to live life and life in all its fullness. Let's put into practice active steps of reminding ourselves of the goodness of God, of saying grace to remind ourselves of God our provider, and saying amen to remind ourselves of God our deliverer. And once these steps develop within us gratitude, may that gratitude inform the way we move forward. Let's commit this to God in prayer this morning. Father, we thank you for all you have done for us. We thank you that you are our provider and our deliverer. We thank you that we have salvation and, all, and life and life in all its fullness through your son, Jesus Christ. So by your Holy Spirit, I pray, would you transform our hearts to trust you, to live in the unforced rhythms of grace that Jesus invites us into. May we rest in who you are and who we are in you. And may that gratitude inform the way we live our lives moving forward to love you and to love those around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.